This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this episode, I will be reading Chapter 6 from my book, Experiencing God Directly, The Way of Christian Non-Duality. Chapter 6, The Wayless Way. So far, this book has been an attempt to describe the non-dual Christian experience of God. In this chapter, I want to go beyond description and point the reader directly to God. I will make this as personal as I can and describe my own practice of abiding in God. Much of what I say will likely sound obscure. I do not mean to make it so. It is just the nature of language. I cannot find words to communicate what I want to communicate. I know what I want to say, but I can't say it. The words get tangled up. They contradict each other. As soon as I say one thing, I immediately want to say the opposite in order to clarify the first statement. But that seems to make it even more confusing. Sometimes I think it is futile to even try, but the preacher in me insists that I must make the attempt even if it is not successful. God is wholly other. My experience of God is that the I cannot know God. The self dissolves like dew when the sun shines on it. The personal I is darkness, and darkness cannot exist in the light. The self cannot stand in the presence of God. God said to Moses, No one shall see me and live. Exodus 33.20 Where God is, I am not. Where I am, God is not. Therefore, I cannot experience God, but God is experienced. I wish I could use another word instead of experience. That word assumes something is experienced and someone is doing the experiencing. That is not the case. God is not an object to be experienced, and there is no experiencer. The two are one in experiencing. This is non-duality or oneness. Oneness with God is the open space of wakefulness where experience occurs. Even the word God is problematic when talking about this. God is a word that describes a concept in the mind. I am actually speaking about a non-experience by the no-self of that to which the word God points. To see how difficult it is to communicate this? Such language sounds like gobbledygook, so I am forced to use conventional language even though I know it will be misunderstood. In my experience, the best way to know God directly is to explore what is not I in my consciousness. This is not as difficult as it may seem. There are many times during the day when the I is in the background. Actually, whenever one attempts to look at the I, it freezes like a deer caught in the beam of a car's headlights. It is a vampire-like creature that shrinks from the light of attention. It is a shadowy, ephemeral creature. When one makes a careful inquiry into the nature of the personal self, we can see that the I is really around only when we think about it, but not when we look directly at it. We assume the I is our real identity, our everyday normal consciousness, 
but upon examination we see that it is just an occasional actor on the stage of our lives. It thinks it has a starring role in life, but it is just a minor character actor who has an exaggerated sense of his own importance. The leading role goes to God. By God, I mean the real conscious presence which is living our lives. We are not who we think we are. We are not the self. We are the earthen vessel through which the divine lives life. As the Apostle Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us, Second Corinthians 4.7. We are nothing but an empty shell. God is everything. God sees through our eyes and feels through our body and perceives through our consciousness. As Paul says, we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. We are instruments of God. God is living his life through us and through the world. The prayer of St. Patrick expresses this reality. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit, Christ when I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. To know this conscious presence of God is freedom, it is salvation. The Christian doctrine of the human body is the temple of the Holy Spirit teaches this. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? That's 1 Corinthians 6.19. The doctrine of the church is the body of Christ teaches this also. We are the physical body of the spiritual Christ. Christ is living his life through us corporately as well as individually. Once again, I will quote my favorite scripture text that is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20. Our bodies, which include our psychological selves, are simply vessels of God. The I, the separate self, is just along for the ride. Usually he just gets in the way. We are much better off without him. The true actor of our lives is the one that we call God. God is clearly experienced when our attention is directed away from self to that which is not self in our lives. God is so close and so simple that he is overlooked. Augustine says God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. All we have to do is turn away from ourselves and there is God. God is literally everywhere in our lives. Even the I exists only in God. Everything is filled with God. Everything is God. Once again, I must explain that this is not a philosophical statement of pantheism or monism. I am not speaking theologically or philosophically. I am speaking experientially. Theology does not describe the metaphysical but the experiential. I am describing the way life is perceived. It is perceived as one. This is non-duality. This is oneness. To experience God directly all we have to do is step outside of ourselves for a moment. One way to do this is to cease thinking for a moment. Try it now. For 10 or 15 seconds, let your mind rest 
from any thought. That which is present when there are no thoughts is presence. It is not the presence of self, but the presence of God. It is I am, not the idea I am, conceived by the mind, but the simple awareness that I am. When God described himself to Moses at the burning bush, he said, I am. That I amness is eternal God abiding in us and through us, outside us and around us. We normally assume that this sense of I am is our personal existence, our psychological self, our individual separate consciousness. But upon inspection, it is seen it is not. We can see that the self exists within this awareness. This awareness is God living in us and through us. We are in God. In him we live and move and have our being. Everything is in God, and God is living in and through every other part of creation. The only difference is that in human beings, there is consciousness of this divine presence. When we examine this presence, we notice qualities proceeding from presence. It is love. The scripture says that God is love, 1 John 4, 8. It is joy. It is peace. These are not characteristics normally attributed to the individual personal self. These are divine characteristics. These are the qualities that the New Testament calls the fruit of the Spirit. Presence is life. Presence is light. John said of the eternal Christ, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 1.4 God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1, 5. Presence is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John fourteen six. Direct experience of presence is the way to God. It is the only way to God, because the way is God. That is what Jesus meant when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He was not making a religious endorsement of a particular religion later to be called Christianity. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is speaking as the Eternal One, the I Am. He is saying that He is the wayless way. Christ is speaking as God and saying that the only way to God is through God. The path is the goal. The only way to transcendent God is through immanent God. But both are the same God. I and the Father are one. That is why the early Christian movement was called the Way during New Testament times. It is not a religion. It is the Way. Do not take my word for this. Experience this for yourself. Give attention to this presence now. Notice the qualities that emanate from presence. This presence is not human. It looks nothing like my human self. It is what theologian Rudolf Otto calls holy other. It is non-self. In presence is boundless joy. There is more joy than this body or this mind can handle. 
and the love. This is not human love. It is nothing like the self-centered, self-absorbed emotion that we call love. This is divine, unconditional love. And the peace is not just happiness. This is the peace that surpasses all human understanding, Philippians 4.7. It does not depend on anything happening differently in this life. This peace is always here. No matter what is happening in our lives, all we have to do is turn in the direction of presence and peace floods the soul. This peace is coming from God. The joy flows through the body from God. The love floods the heart. Look for yourself. Is this not God? Some people say this is not God. They say this is an experience of the human soul, which has been sanctified and beatified by divine grace. It is a reflection of God in the soul. Perhaps so. The scriptures say that we are made in the image of God. Perhaps this is the face of God reflected in the mirror of the sanctified soul. Others call this the self, the capital S, and say that this is our true nature. These are all different interpretations of the same reality. Call it whatever you will. I will not squabble over terminology. It does not matter what words are used or how the experience is intellectually processed. These are just words and ideas. I experience this as the presence of the Holy Spirit. I experience this as what Paul calls Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians one twenty seven. God as Eternal One Another way to experience God directly is to look outside of time. That is where God dwells. God is eternal. In Hebrew, God is El Olam, the everlasting God, the one who never changes, the Eternal One. God is not a time-bound creature, and therefore we should not look for God there. God is not found in the past or the future. But that is exactly where people look for the divine. We look in the temporal world for evidence of God's existence. This is where atheists think God would be if there were a God. Of course, they do not find him there. Then they conclude that God does not exist. That is like looking for fish in the stratosphere when finding none concluding that fish do not exist. God does not exist in time and space. Religious people also look for God in the dimensions of time and space. Seeking evidence of him in history, they look for Noah's Ark and Mount Ararat, the Garden of Eden in Iraq, or the DNA of Jesus on the Shroud of Turin. They seek to prove how Joshua made the sun stand still or how Moses parted the Red Sea. But God is not an historical figure who can be demonstrated to exist by archaeology or historical science. God is beyond time and space. We can know God only beyond time and space. I invite you to know God now. Do not look for evidence of God in your personal past or seek him in your future. Stop looking for God and know God now. Some people identify themselves as seekers. That is a sure recipe for failure. People think that they will stop seeking when they find God. The truth is just the opposite. We find God only when we stop seeking. Be still 
and know that I am God, Psalm 46.10. Seeking is an activity done in time. To know God, we must transcend time. Past and future are mental conceptions, and God is not a mental conception. Time is relative, and God is absolute. Even scientists now know that time is relative. That was demonstrated by Einstein's theory of relativity. Time is flexible. It speeds up and slows down depending on gravity and speed. Time stops when one travels at the speed of light. Time bends like space with gravitational fields. God does not change and therefore cannot be found in time. The divine is absolute. When we look for the absolute, in the relative, we are looking in the wrong place. A police officer saw a drunken man intently searching the ground under a lamppost and asked him what he was looking for. The drunk replied that he was looking for his car keys. The officer helped him search for a few minutes without success. Then he asked whether the man is certain that he dropped the keys near the lamppost. No, was the reply. I lost the key somewhere across the street. Then why are you looking here? asked the surprised and irritated officer. The light is better here, the intoxicated man responds with a plum. This is the way people search for God in truth. We look for God in time and space because it is all we know. Where else would we look? But if we're going to find God, we must look outside of time. God is only found now. This is where the scriptures point us. The Apostle Paul says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Second Corinthians 6.2 Jesus said, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Matthew 6.34 Today, if you will hear my voice, do not hearken your hearts. Hebrews 4.7 In the New Testament, the day of salvation is always today. Yesterday is too late, and tomorrow never comes. The kingdom of God is now. This is why I call God presence. Presence is only in the present. How do we look at the present? It's quite simple. Look beyond thought. Take a moment to watch your thoughts. Do not follow them or become lost in them. Just watch them go by. When you catch yourself being carried away by thought, notice that also. That is also a thought. Watch that thought also. Notice that nearly every thought is about the past or the future. That is where our mind spends most of its time, but that is not where you will find God. Usually thoughts carry with them emotions concerning the past or the future. Often very strong emotions. They carry with them desire or repulsion mental pain or pleasure. Notice the emotions. Notice that ideas about the past and the future are just ideas. There's no need to get emotional. They are ideas in your head. They are not really happening. They do not exist except in your mind. They are nothing more than ideas. Now notice the space in which ideas form. Feel the quality of the space. It is peace and quiet. It is always peace and quiet. 
regardless of how troublesome these thoughts are. That space is the kingdom of God. That is where God dwells. That is the presence of God. It is always the present. And God is always here now. Sometimes people stumble upon the kingdom of God. Jesus told stories about such people, such as the man who unexpectedly found a treasure in a field that he was plowing. Other people purposely searched for it, like in Jesus' story of the merchant who searched all his life for the pearl of great price. Some people find the present in extreme sports, death-defying activities, force people to focus on the present. Their lives depend on paying complete attention to what is happening right now. If they stop paying attention for a moment, they are dead. They report feeling like time slows down or even stops. They are no longer conscious of themselves. There is just pure awareness. People are willing to risk their lives repeatedly in order to experience this state. Non-dual spirituality is like an extreme sport. It is done in the now. Our eternal life depends on it. That is the only place that eternal life is found, in the eternity of the present. We can abide in this eternal now always. It is where we always are anyway. All we have to do is notice it. If we let go of thoughts of past and future, we find ourselves naturally present. It happens naturally because this is where we already are. We are always here and now. We overlook that reality by directing our attention to every when but now. Janus, the Greek god of time, is pictured as two-faced, one face look, looking back to the past and one forward to the future. We are children of Janus. We are always looking backwards or forwards. God lives in the space between our two temporal faces. Mental and emotional suffering comes from living where God is not, in the past and the future. When we live in the present, suffering stops and eternal living begins. We discover the same divine qualities in the present that we experienced in the not-self. Perhaps we should call the present not time. Our minds can easily turn the present into another concept. We are so brainwashed by time that we view the present as a very brief period of time. But the present is not time. It is not a second or a nanosecond. It is timeless. It is eternity. It is the kingdom of heaven. It is the second coming of Christ. Christ comes not in time, but in eternity. Christ is now. Christ never left. He has always been here. I will be with you always. Matthew twenty-eight twenty. When we live now, time ceases and eternity appears. The veil of time is pulled back to reveal the one who is always here and never in time. We come face to face with God. It takes no time at all to awaken to his eternal presence.
There is no journey to make. There is no path to follow. Christ is now. He is the wayless way, which is the only way. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, John fifteen four. Then the past and the present collapse into one. The two become one in Christ, the eternal one. You have been listening to Experiencing God Directly, the way of Christian non-duality. Next time I will be reading the epilogue, The Story of Me. You can find my podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can find my blog and a link to my books at marshalldavis.us. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.